Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Real Presence Live this morning. I'm Chris Euler, and I am broadcasting from Aberdeen, South Dakota, from Ron Cali High School here at the heart of the Real Presence Radio listening area. I want to wish you all a continued happy and beloved Easter as we are working our way through these glorious uh, days. As we celebrated the Ascension this weekend, we look forward to Pentecost coming up soon. So I pray you all have had a wonderful time celebrating the resurrection of the Lord and uh, continuing to just remember the wonderful things that he has done for us and does for us every day. So, in that light, we'll begin with prayer, and then we'll dive into some awesome interviews we have today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we praise you and thank you for your great love. We ask you to bless us always and protect us always. We ask you to bless all those who come on Real Presence Live today. And thank you for the wonderful works that they do as they bring the mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the whole world. We ask this in your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, this morning, I am joined by Deacon Mark Creechy of the Diocese of Crookston. And he's going to talk to us about this wonderful joy of the faith. So, Deacon Mark, welcome to Real Presence Live. Well, good morning, Chris. Great to be on with you today. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great to have you and to, to hear a little bit about the work that you're doing and uh, dive in a little bit about... Uh, uh, your vocation. So first off, can you introduce a little uh, introduce us to yourself? Well, yes, I'm uh, Deacon Mark Creechy. As you said, I work for the Diocese of Crookston. I direct the Office of Formation and Discipleship and also the Deacon Program in the Diocese. And the Office of Formation and Discipleship, um, it's about the new evangelization, helping people um, to be prepared to share the joy of the gospel. Oh, absolutely, and that's such an imperative in our world today. So it's a good work that you're doing, and it's, it's super encouraging to have people like you working in those posts. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming a deacon? Yeah, it was in many respects a long journey, um, going all the way back to 1989 when the Diocese of Crookston um, initiated the deacon formation program. They brought me in to teach the human growth component. I'm a psychologist. And so I worked with um, the deacons and their wives um, over successive groups uh, in preparation uh, up until um, the 2000s when I entered formation myself and um, decided, um, my wife and I decided to discern that vocation, and in 2017 was ordained, uh, praise to God. That's beautiful, absolutely. Well, thank you for your yes to the Lord and following this call. Uh, and giving your life to him in this wonderful way that we serve the church. Now, you mentioned uh, your psychologist, right? And so, yep. uh, you know, how does that work into the ministry that you do in regard to helping people learn how to evangelize? Well, of course, you know, being an evangelist and uh, living as a missionary disciple of Jesus Christ is a, a, a movement of your response to God's call. You know, and the Holy Spirit is there calling you 
to evangelize. And, and I know a lot of people who say, yeah, I'm going to do that. Yes, I believe in that. Yes, I want to spread the joy of the gospel more. But then they never really go about doing it. So one of the things that I bring to ministry is the difficulty we have sometimes in making um, behavior changes. Even when we know a change in my behavior would be the good thing or the thing I should do, uh, just you know, you would go back to the old way of doing it. Um, and, and so that's just one aspect. You know, knowing in the end it's from God's inspiration that we move, but then how do you help people take those steps from a behavioral perspective? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And it's it's so integral to have like that, you know, in seminary formation, they have the four pillars of formation. And so even in our own mm-hmm. lives, as, as the laity, as we're out in the world, it's so imperative to have opportunities like that to be formed. You know, and so, and even being fully alive as a human, right? We hear St. Irenaeus, the glory of God is man fully alive. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a great gift to be able to have uh, that full vision of formation. So as we look at the faith, right, the faith in our country, the faith in our world, it's very much so under attack in many ways, right? I just uh, read an article this morning about what the Los Angeles Dodgers are choosing to do with uh, a group they're inviting to their ballpark that makes a mockery of religious sisters, right? And so we're living in a society that is post-Christian, uh, this apostolic age, and because of that attack, we see this association with the faith that people sometimes struggle with it, or there's contentious things. And so, uh, from your estimation, how can we just rediscover the comforting or the joyous side of the faith that is so important? Well, you know, when when you listen to you know the the show that was just on, um, and you hear about some of these challenges that are coming at the church from our culture. Um, and, and in part, you know, from, from Catholics who are saying, oh, our churches are empty, the people aren't coming back after COVID, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there, there can be a lot of doom and gloom, mm-hmm. and yet we have such a joyous message to share. And so when things look down, if you look at the history of Christianity, there are all these um, people who rise up with this kind of exuberant joy then to make sure that, that the joy of, of our faith, um, of our knowledge of salvation through Jesus Christ is, is shared. We have a good news, a good message to share. And boy, when, when things are against us, we have to double down even more in terms of, of sharing it. Absolutely, yeah. I was, I was thinking you're, what you said there about uh, you know how we're in this time and we have this great joy. Last week I was having a conversation with somebody. I've got two young boys uh, in, our, in, our, in, in our ever- city of Aberdeen in the next couple of weeks as we go into June. It's a month that uh, has been kind of uh, uh, taken for a different purpose, right? They call it Pride Month now, right? Well, in Aberdeen, they're they're bringing in uh, a drag queen to do a story hour, and they're advertising it to children. And I was just, I was beside myself last week, and I was like, how am I going to protect my kids? How am I going to protect my family, my students? And the person, somebody just looked at me and said, well, we were created for a time like this, right? And we have this joy. And so it's a great gift to be able to have the joyous faith that helps us to spread the gospel, even in times such as ours that are so challenging and difficult. And so in looking at that, uh, you know, as you share your joy of the gospel, I can hear the joy in your voice. I can hear you have that wonderful gift of sharing it. What are some aspects of the faith that bring you joy? Well, it's, uh, what doesn't bring me joy in the faith, right? Um, I mean, there's, there's the, the joy of... Um, the gifts that God has given us 
um, in our life, in um, our families, in um, nature, in, in the bounty that we have. There's, there's the joy of the truth that, that we learn from Jesus. There, you know, and, and in a world where, boy, truth is relative these days, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can have your truth and I can have my truth. There's a great joy in knowing that we know the way, the truth, and the life. And, um, you know, and, and then I, I just personally, too, I love a beautiful church. I, I love great music during worship. And then the source and summit of the life, the joy of going to Mass. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And all those things are just, like, so inimical to living the fullness of our faith. Uh, now, you, you mentioned something like the joy of truth, right? The joy of truth. Um, you know, and we live in a world that's so just, it's relative, right? It is so relative, as you had, had mentioned there. And so, what do you mean by, like, truth? Like, how does one discern truth? How does one find truth? And then, in turn, find joy from it. Well, you know the, the the search for truth. Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so, you know, truth is found through God. Um, of course, you know there are many things on the internet and in the world that says no, I have the truth, or saying, you know what, you can kind of make up your own truth. But you know, you go to the Gospels. You go to the epistles, you go through the entire um, sacred scriptures, and you see God leading us towards the truth. Now, how you discover it, you know, in in terms of an individual out there who's listening, it's a a constant um, um, quest that we're on, you know, through prayer and through study and through, um, you know, attending Mass and listening to homilies and um, the the search for truth, there's just so much out there to learn about God. And and so it's, it's, you know, part of the Christian path is to walk, um, to grow in our knowledge of of God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I I definitely think, too, like in our age right now, uh, especially, you know, people who are... um, People who are really into like social media, people who are into uh, you know a quick Google search, right? Uh, they're so people are so impressionable by like the littlest of things, and so they're willing to accept just like, oh, I saw it on on this app, or I saw it uh, on this social media website, or I read something about it, and they just receive it as truth. Even Catholics too, right? There's a lot of Catholics who are cradle Catholics who, you know, they receive. Uh, a teaching from a priest, or they receive a teaching in, in a catechism course, or whatever they did, and they just say, well, that's how it is. That's what we must believe, right? And so the struggle in seeking out truth as we dive into it is almost lost. People can't explain why something is true. So why do you think that is? Why do you think people just have a hard time, if they, even if they know something to be true, why do you think, even in the Catholic circle, have a hard time explaining the why behind that truth? Wow. Now there's, there's a big question. You know, you know, I go back to my mom and dad, where my dad, when we would ask questions about the faith, he always seemed to have the right answer and um, be able to explain it so well. And it was only like as I grew up and I actually found an old Baltimore catechism on the shelf of my grade school, Catholic grade school. You know, when I opened it up, I realized, oh, gee, my dad was 
ton of the stuff that was in this book, this Baltimore Catechism book. <laughs> here, I, here I thought my dad had all this knowledge uh, that he, you know, he just knew well. No, he, he remembered his Baltimore Catechism. On the other hand, my mom, she didn't remember any of that stuff. But she had the truth of conviction that we're Catholic. Of course you're going to be Catholic. Of course we're going to go to Mass. She had that, that, that um, truth that was there through revelation, through her lived experience in the Church. You know, and, and when people struggle for truth, and, you know, there are all these sites out there that give even contradictory messages about what the Catholic Church teaches. Um, the important thing is to, you know, go to our catechism that we do have, not the Baltimore Catechism anymore, but we have the wonderful catechism that was given to us by St. Pope John Paul II. And, and and then to also be able to, you know, enter into prayer and enter into the Mass, where, like my mom, you just grow in your conviction of the truth of the Church of Jesus Christ you know, in, in the Catholic Church. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I like you mentioned there, right, prayer, right, this, this formation of the heart that leads us to a further ascent of the intellectual side of the church is a beautiful gift, mm-hmm. you know, because without that, uh, and I think, I mean, Aristotle even said it long before he, long before Christianity is a thing, education of the mind without education of the heart is no education at all. And so, and, uh, it, yeah. And the and fallen from St. John Paul II, kind of extending that, you know, that, that faith and reason are the two great wings upon which the human spirit rises to the contemplation of the truth. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, it, and so it's these two elements that come together that God gave us to help us understand the glory of God. Yeah, and as we find these things and we discern these things, I, I, I find it so fascinating, people who are you know, fresh converts to the faith, you know, if they've just come in on Easter, you know, maybe from a different denomination or maybe even from uh, something completely off the wall like a staunch atheist. People who come in and they receive the truth and they accept it fully, the amount of joy that they have is just amazing. It's so cool to see that. You know, I know we're coming up to break. I know we're coming up to break. And um, on the other side of break, let me tell you a story about um, some students that I teach and how the virtues were a witness to truth to them in a way that, you know, they'd never heard of before. And yet, how how much they how mo- well it resonated with them. So we can talk about that after break. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, that's a good segue. We're going to throw it on to break, everybody. Don't go anywhere. We're here with Deacon Mark Creechie of the Diocese of Crookston talking about the joy of the faith and receiving the various different truths of faith tells us so we can spread the gospel to the world. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. For centuries, healthcare has been central to the healing ministry of the church. Today's technologies offer exciting possibilities, but also serious moral questions. More than ever, we need healthcare leaders who serve with integrity and conviction. The University of Mary answers the call to prepare leaders anchored in moral courage in a breathtaking range of programs from bioethics to nursing. Visit catholicprofessional.life. Have you ever worried about someone's salvation, especially one who died by suicide? 
I'm Father Chris Alar. Sometimes the state of their soul seems to cause us fear for their eternal fate. They die in what seems to be a hopeless state of sin and unrepentance. However, Jesus says in 1698 of the Diary of St. Faustina that what looks hopeless to us is in fact not so. He says that many times the soul illuminated by a ray of his final grace turns to him in the last moment to receive complete forgiveness of all sin and punishment, although we see no external signs of this. Wow! We can see why Jesus said that divine mercy is mankind's last hope of salvation. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. In addition to eye exams for children and adults, Lumen Vision provides custom contact lens services for patients with keratoconus, severe dry eyes, and hard-to-fit prescriptions. These specialty contact lenses can be made for single vision, astigmatism, and multifocal prescriptions. For more information about Lumen Vision's contact lens services, our website is www.lumen.vision. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live, everybody. I'm Chris Euler, broadcasting from Aberdeen, South Dakota, at Ron Cowley High School. And we are on with Deacon Mark Creechy of the Diocese of Crookston, talking about the joy of the faith. And before the break, we were kind of diving into... Uh, certain different elements of the faith that bring people joy, right? And we kind of concluded talking about how truths of the faith and different people who have come to define these truths or find these truths, excuse me, have found great joy. And Deacon Mark mentioned he had a wonderful story to tell about some of his students. So Deacon Mark, I'd love to hear this story. Well, Let's... well yeah, so I, I teach some college classes, and um, one of the things that we cover in, in one class that I teach, you know, I, I introduce the students to the virtues, you know, the, the classic virtues that we all know in the faith or in the catechism, but they're also, you know, if you look at the virtues, they're taught by um, ancient Greek philosophers and Muslim scholars and Hindu, and, you know, and why is it all these different faith traditions teach these same virtues? Well, of course, you know, I, I introduce the idea to my students that these virtues are given to us by God. And, you know, all people, as they search for God, discover the virtues over time. But, you know, I, I, I teach the virtues, and for most of the students, it's the first time they've ever heard them. You know, that, what, justice, courage, temperance. Uh, they've never heard these things before. And, um, and, and I teach them as, well, here are some truths about how to live your life. And at first they struggle with it. Well, wait a minute. How can you say that that this is true? Um, you know, that temperance is a good thing, for instance. Well, you know, the, as they work through this, the struggle, though, they get to this point where they realize, well, there is some truth out there. And it resonates with them because they're, they're living in this, you know, in the contemporary world where truth is relative. To be able to see that there are enduring truths. Uh, it, it 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 gives them a sense of peace. It gives them a sense of um, 
that there's something that they can anchor themselves to. And for many of the students, it's the first time they've ever heard that type of thing. Absolutely, yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, I I was raised Catholic, you know, and I went through Catholic school, K-12 up in Bismarck, North Dakota, and then University of Mary, and it's something that was just ingrained in me, you know, this virtue, this thing that you you can hold to, and these truths that you can hold to to give you meaning and purpose in your life. And so... What a beautiful gift you're able to give these students, Deacon Mark, and you know, just to see that they kind of come alive. That's beautiful. So, we're going to shift gears a little bit, though. I really enjoy this. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear about uh, a series of articles that you've been writing in our Northland Diocese, talking about the happy mission. And so, uh, as you're writing these articles, what's kind of your underlying theme of how we can spread the faith joyfully? Well, I, I started this uh, series. I, I write a monthly um, column in our diocesan newspaper, our Northland Diocese, and um, in, in the column, I, I kind of run through different, you know, series, different topics. And a, a number of months ago, um, kind of two things happened. One, um, I was in a conversation with a bunch of Catholics who were just kind of complaining about things in the church, and boy, it was really a downer to be part of that. And, um, uh, you know, and, and, and we talked about that even, you know, that why are we focused on the negative, right? Well, along with that, about, you know, at the same time, I was reading a book by uh, Father Robert Spitzer, um, Finding True Happiness, mm. where he talks about the search for happiness. And I just decided, you know what, let's talk, let's write a series I'm going to write a series, I should say, about, you know, the happy mission of a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so I worked through different aspects of um, happiness um, that we experience as Christians and how we should be sharing this in a world that, you know, with the mental health crisis that we hear about and the high rates of depression, um, the suicide rate in the state of Minnesota increased 50% over 20 years. I mean, all this negative stuff. Okay, let's get out there with the joy of the gospel, to use Pope Francis's um, title. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and as you've been writing these, you know, and you had a particular audience in mind based off of those folks that you had encountered, how, is, uh, how have these articles been received by the faithful of the Diocese of Crookston? Well, uh, some of the feedback I've received, uh, you know, I, I, early on in the series, I went through the four levels of happiness that mm. um, Spitzer writes about in his book, and, and others have written about these, too, this, you know, kind of one level of happiness, the basic level of happiness, which is based on external and pleasure and material things, you know, a good meal, um, uh, um you know, that type of thing. Level two happiness is called ego comparative, where we kind of compare ourselves to others. And so we um, win a competition and when we're happy. Or we get a promotion and we're happy. You know, as in, they didn't, I got it, they didn't. Uh, level three happiness, of course, is when you get into contributive empathic happiness. The happiness that comes from helping others from doing good things in the world, from um, accompanying others in times of struggle. Uh, And then level four happiness is the transcendent happiness that we find in God. And in the end, um, you know, this is the the love from God is the happiness that endures 
um, over all these other f- levels of happiness. Well, so it, it was interesting. Uh, I was in a conversation where people had read the column, and, and we talked about how focused the world was on level one happiness. Mm. The, the, the goods, the materials that we have, um, you know, and, um, and, and boy, that, that's a very different kind of happiness because it's so fleeting versus the happiness that we encounter with um, God, which is forever. Absolutely, yeah. And even as Christians, you know, those of us who are living the faith, well, we fall into that level one sometimes, and mm-hmm. that can be a challenge for us. You know, I, I uh, just ask my wife sometimes, right? My wife will be like, oh my goodness, yes, he, he needs a nap or he needs a good steak, like something like that, you know? And uh, sometimes that'll do the trick. Um, but mm-hmm. that shouldn't be our shouldn't be our go to. And so, uh, what advice do you give to somebody who's maybe struggling to find that transcend that third or fourth level of joy, you know, the transcendent or the higher level of joy, uh, and they're surviving and living in that first level? Yeah, and, and you know, and there's nothing wrong with you know a, a good meal, and there's nothing wrong with feeling proud, pride of you know feeling accomplishment that I got a promotion, and uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with those, but if if that's where we sit, and and so if you're stuck in that level one, level two happiness, that that's the only place where you can find happiness. And that happiness, of course, you get a new car, and in a year it's not a new car anymore, and the happiness fades, right? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, start moving into level three, contributive empathic. Do corporal and spiritual works of mercy in the world. You know, do these things for others. The Holy Spirit is going to lead us. And, and so you, you, you love others. It's another way of looking at level three happiness, where, you know, our, our joy is um, multiplied the more we love others. And then, of course, through prayer and the Mass and sacred scripture, deepen your, your time with, with Jesus. Um, everyone, if, if you're not praying 15 minutes a day, Start praying 15 minutes a day. If you're doing 15 minutes, you know, maybe there's some more prayer that you need. Um, if you're just struggling with connecting with that transcendent level of happiness. Um, also to have, you know, a spiritual director. I know that's tough because there are a lot of Catholics and not a lot of spiritual directors out there. But do you have a spiritual friend then? Do you have somebody, a friend or a group of friends where you get together and you talk about what was my God moment this week? And you listen to the God moments from other people, and you get together with them and, and pray, um, and you, you, know, you, you form a, a, a Christian fellowship of individuals who are seeking that transcendent level of happiness. Absolutely, yeah. As you were speaking, I was thinking about Gaudium et Spes, the line from Gaudium et Spes that uh, Monsignor Shea at University of Mary would say it homily weekly, I swear to you. He would say, man truly finds himself only in a sincere gift of self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, and as you were mentioning those, those suggestions, that's, that's kind of what it boils down to, giving ourselves to one another and giving ourselves to the Lord uh, so we can truly find this great joy that is external not through, mm-hmm. and not, looking externally, I should say, not looking internally. So, Hey, there you know, you go. what St. Pope John Paul II wrote about all the time then, too. I mean, the law of the gift. Yeah. The, the more you give yourself away in love, in authentic love, you know, willing the good of the other for their good, 
The more you, you do that, the more joy, the more happiness, the more love you will experience. A lot of people think love is something that we receive. Well, love, we, we encounter love by giving it away. You know, love is a gift. And, and so, you know, when married couples, when I used to see married couples in therapy, and they'd say, well, we're just not, I don't feel any love in this marriage. Well, then love your spouse more. Do more altruistic acts um, for your spouse. Be more loving in your heart towards your spouse. That's where you're going to find love. Don't wait for them. You know, love is the gift that you give away. And and ultimately, you know, that is what God has given us. You know, God has given us this gift of life and this gift of knowledge of, of God, the grace we receive from God. And it's, it's where we find, in the end, our true happiness. Yeah, absolutely. If we truly are in the image of God, then we ought to act like Him and live like Him and love like Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, amen. Yeah. So, Deacon, do you have any final thoughts you want to leave us with today about uh, about anything we talked about today, from finding truth or sharing the joy of the gospel or uh, your work as, uh, as a deacon and as an instructor? Well, I'd say when, you know, we hear all the, the negative messages and the negative news, the bad news that's out there, um, make sure that we always go to Jesus. And the, and the true joy that we find in the gospel message and through prayer and through living as a missionary disciple, spread that joy in the world. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much, Deacon Mark. It's, uh, it's been a blessing to have you on today. Uh, if you have uh, anything you want to know about or read Deacon Mark's articles, you can go to uh, the Diocese of Crookton's website and find our Northland Diocese and read some of his series. So, thank you, Deacon Mark, so much for being on us today. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more Real Presence Radio soon.